You are listening to Your First 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this, how can Christian entrepreneurs like us who didn't give up on our dreams build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. I have a free 10-day training waiting for you over at first100k.com. Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. Are you a dad over 40? Are you overeating, overdrinking, or failing your family? Brother, if you're overweight, watching porn, or drinking more than once a week, then listen up. If you're struggling in your marriage or finances, you've lost your power as a man. What's even worse is that other men can smell weakness on you. When a man lacks confidence, he stinks of weakness. People could smell it on him a mile away. People and opportunities will avoid him because he's carrying a deadly disease called powerlessness. Remember back when you used to feel invincible, you were in your power, when you were unstoppable, back when you were the man? But how do you feel now, brother? Are you tired all the time, unmotivated, stressed, worried about the future? So what the heck changed? What happened to you? I'll tell you, you became undisciplined. You've been slipping for years, haven't you? You eat like crap, you half-ass your workouts, your health is slipping, your finances are slipping, your marriage is slipping, your parenting is slipping, your confidence is slipping. A pile of slips leads men to a big fall. How do I know? Because I'm you, brother. You are me, I am you. Brother, you're out of power. I'm in my power. Let me help you get your power back. Apply for our shredded father's brotherhood where husbands, dads, and businessmen over age 40 are getting shredded and staying ripped for life. Go to shreddedfathers.com. Limited spots are available. Brother, your wife and kids are waiting for you to step up and lead them. Brother, wake up. Move. All right, brother. What, uh, what are you hoping to come out of today's show? What makes it a win for you, man? A win for me would be to talk about things that really matter. I like that. That's all I do here. I don't like the boring conversation, man. The superficial stuff that dudes talk about to avoid talking about the real stuff that they should yeah. talk about. You know what I'm saying? I like the real stuff. You like the real stuff? What do you consider yeah. real? Give me an idea. Give me an example. Um, well, first of all, um, I think the biggest issue is having meaning in life. Hmm. Why do we do what we do? You know, money is important, and that's obviously the title that you're using for this set, right, of podcasts. But I don't think that's the main thing. I think 
people think it's the main thing, but I don't think it is. I agree with you. Yeah, I liked your your old podcast. I don't know if you still do them on the uh, religious elements of your Catholicism and all of those types of issues. I like those better than real estate and money. Yeah, the broken Catholic. Broken Catholic. Let's go. <laughs> I really like that. I think. Thanks, brother. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. I still do that every week, bro. Tell yeah. me, tell me why the name, your first one hundred thousand. Who are who are you appealing to? What who do you who is your audience based on what you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, when I started the show over five years ago, I started both shows, the Faith One and this one. Uh, I just realized like all the podcasts I was listening to were like all the guys that had arrived, right? They're making the millions. They're giving all their advice. They're being interviewed and they all saying the same crap, but their advice was not actually serving the, the people struggling to make their first 100 K mm -hmm. right. They, they were talking from the, the vantage point of being on the, the top floor of the building. People are still struggling at the first and second floor. And if they listen to that advice, it doesn't actually work for them down there. So it was almost like they had uh, amnesia <laughs> of what it took to get up to those levels, right? So I was like, you know what? Let's start a show that just speaks specifically uh, their first year, man. Like, let's go back in time and let's talk about when you first started out. Okay, you're an uber success. That's awesome. I, wa I want to talk about what was it like year one, two, and th three in this, man? When most people give up, when most people quit. Right. Let's talk about the real stuff. Like, how'd you get past that? Because that's where 90% of entrepreneurs are. Mm -hmm. Right. And you're all speaking up to the 1% or the 10%. And it's like, that's not how the world works. So that's why I started this show. That's why it's got the name it has. So who see, who do you think watches it? Yeah. So interestingly enough, a lot of my guests, they end up listening and watching. Right. And, and they, they are at that 10% uh, success level. Uh, but the majority are those people that are trying to break through their first six figures, right? And they just don't have a clue how. And they're they're buying all the programs, buying all the courses, and they're just being misled with all of this advice that doesn't actually serve them. Some of it does, but they have to like figure out how do all the pieces of the puzzle go together yeah. rather than just a clear roadmap. And, and you know what it's like, man. There is no actual clear roadmap, right? It's like do the effing work. Right. Don't quit. If you don't quit, you will win. You only lose if you quit. Right. And most people quit. <laughs> right. Because they get so exhausted, like going in all the shiny objects instead of just focusing. What do I really want right now? What do I really I want? I wish we had. A, are you recording right now? I am recording right now. We're already in the show. You didn't even know it. I'm so. Yeah. Cool. This, I mean, what you're saying right now is more important than anything we could say if you were just to do an introduction of me and start asking questions because I think what you just said is the essence of what most people really know most successful people know and the most unsuccessful starting out people don't know it's very simple it's hard but it's very simple yeah, yeah. it's like if you look at all the top guys that succeeded and gals they're, it's all the same thing it's like yeah I didn't quit I had a big why. Like I was doing it for my wife and kids. I was doing it for this. I was doing it for that. Like I couldn't quit. I burnt the ships. I couldn't go back. I had to win. Yeah. Like, okay. 
So, but, but like all these entrepreneurs, my startup nation, like they haven't burnt the ships, man. Right. They haven't made the effing decision that they're all in. And they just keep procrastinating with that indecision. And it's the indecision that causes them to fail. You want to know what I think causes them to fail? Tell me. Um, Not understanding their own mental health. Tell me more about that. You just took that to the left field. Let's go. Yep. I I go right to left field um, on this. So I think that everyone... By the way, is this, are we, are we doing this now? Is this, are we on? I love just keeping you in the middle of not knowing, but yeah, we're in it, bro. Okay. Let's be in it. Let's in it. My guest today is Joel Freeland and he's a badass already. I already like this guy. So startup nation, if you just got thrown into the middle of the conversation, you're welcome. Cause we're talking real stuff today. Cause Joel came on. He's like, what makes this a win for me today? Uh, I want to talk about real stuff that matters. I don't want to talk about the stuff that doesn't like my bio. So if you want to find his bio, look him up. If you want to meet the man, keep listening. Joel, go ahead. Mental health. Tell me. Yeah. So when you were a little kid and when I was a little kid, what happened to us, the way that we were treated by our mothers, our fathers, birth order, all those kinds of things, and, and how we were treated by our, our little friends in school from from uh, preschool all the way through, you know, we get formed, we get formed by our experience and you combine that with your chemical makeup, right? Nurture it's, versus nature, right? And, and both of them, of course, mm-hmm. matter because your chemicals, I, I've got this incredibly intelligent, um, biologist, psychologist, I don't know what else he is, but he's at Stanford. The guy's name is Andrew Huberman. And he's got a podcast. And I would say that maybe two, two million people have watched his stuff. And he talks about dopamine and he talks about mood. And what I think ends up happening is people become successful if they're driven to be successful and they're not successful if they're not driven and you can't teach it. It's not teachable. And what this guy talks about is really chemicals in your brain, which mainly is dopamine. You've got this chemical in your brain that elevates and reduces your mood all the time. And it works in conjunction with your adrenaline that gives you the energy to do things. And what I find is that having trained 70 young people in my real estate business, there are two kinds of people. One, they are very driven because whatever they decide they're going to do, the dopamine in their brain gives them the, the feeling, the up feeling to continue doing it. Because if you're a downer and you're depressed, and by the way, I've been there, and I know you've been through stuff too, and this is the real stuff that matters, people struggle with depression and it starts early. A lot of kids are depressed and they don't know it. And a lot of kids run very, very high because their chemicals are, are like bubbling over. So if you see two kids in, in fourth grade and one is kind of shy and scared and anxious and the other one's just athletic and works 
at a very high level. Those those two kids are so different, but you don't know how they're going to grow up and which one's going to be a motivated adult who's going to go out and make things happen. Because it could be the little shy kid that actually says, you know, I'm kind of ashamed of the way that I grew up. I wasn't friends with the kids that I wanted to be friends with, and I kind of got left out and I kind of got teased. I think you'll find that some of the most successful people in the world grew up with struggles in childhood and have something to prove to themselves. And they figured out how to finally take the dopamine that's running through their body and use it to go do successful things. And they will never give up because the dopamine hit or the dopamine peak is so important to them because they're feeling a way they never felt when they were younger. It's like staves off that feeling of inadequacy and shame. And it replaces it with this energy to just go be super successful no matter what. And it keeps giving them this really cool feeling. It's like almost like a drug. And that's what I think uh, it's all about. I think it's a, it's about people being human. And I don't think you can teach a course to somebody on how to be motivated. There's no way. I think as humans, our number one secret goal is to avoid pain, to avoid discomfort. Consciously, we avoid it. Subconsciously, we're always avoiding it. Trying to look for the easier route, the shortcut, the hack. Yet, those half the population, if we were just spitballing the numbers, like you said, half the population grew up in adversity that they didn't choose. And they had to face it early on. And because of it, many of us were very angry. <laughs> there was a lot of anger and rage from childhood. And I, I like to say that anger and rage is jet fuel in business if you direct it in one, at one target. I did at 19 and we built a $2 million a year company in 12 months because I had jet fuel because I was an angry young man because I had a lot of dysfunction in my childhood. And I just pointed it in the direction. So I had a really big why. I wanted three things. I'm gonna be happy, healthy, and wealthy. Why? Because I grew up in poverty and I'm pissed off. <laughs> like my parents didn't set me up for success. They didn't teach me about life. They gave me my faith and I thank them for that. And I am a man of faith to this day, even though I abandoned it for many years of my life. But I came back to those roots. So they built good roots, good foundation. But they didn't teach me jack diddly about life or business. And I'm pissed about that. I was pissed about that, right? And I turned that into jet fuel and I'm like, I'm gonna go do it. I'm gonna prove it. And I did. So for... You listening right now, if you're in that camp, freaking apply that jet fuel. Like you have a competitive advantage, <laughs> right? And you're sitting there in victimhood. Oh, my life. I grew up in this. I grew up in that. You're actually ahead of the pack. You don't even know it. You can win bigger than all the rest who don't have the pain and they have the comfortable, easy childhood. Man, it takes them a lot more effort to find that source of fuel than you. 
So, Joel, I agree with you. And I'm like, all right, I already got the topic for this episode. Why your mental health determines success or failure. Yeah. Why your mental health determines success or failure. Like, what are you going to do with it? You're going to keep playing the victim card, right? Or are you going to apply that stuff, man, and, and pull power from your pain? Like these, are, I coach men at a very elite level of success, right? These are the guys that took their pain and they put it into jet fuel and they built very successful seven, eight, nine figure businesses. Fantastic. But their home life is jacked the F up because <laughs> they learned how to apply this anger and rage and big why and adversity and pain and suffering and point in business and win and win real big with it. But then they didn't learn how to heal all that darkness within them and they bring it home to their wives and kids, right? And they destroy the, the very relationships that mean something that they're doing it all for, right? So we help them clean up both areas, right? So they succeed and win at home as much as they're winning in business. It's like, but to your point, Joel, like this is what matters. This, this is the conversation we should be having, having right now. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what else I'm going to add to this? Uh, I think that there's a tremendous amount of addiction in the world. And a lot of people have addictions and don't know it. Okay. Wait to hear this one. This, this is my philosophy. You want to hear what 64 year old guy who's been in the real estate business for 30 for 41 years has to say about addiction. The reason that I was successful when I was 22 years old, when I started out in the real estate business is because I became addicted to working hard because I had an early success and it felt great. And I wanted to have the next one. And then I wanted to have the next one. And then I wanted to have the next one. And eventually I will, I will admit to this. I became addicted to trying to be successful and having wins in business. And right, I, I, because every win is a dopamine hit, right? Yeah, it's a dopamine hit. Oh, man, I just got one done, got one done, sold this, sold that. And it becomes an addiction. And one of the reasons that I think people who become workaholics, which is an addiction, it's an addiction to work, and it does screw up marriages, and it does screw up children, and it does screw up your balance of life, etc. But the reason that those people become successful is that the odds are very good that if you work incredibly hard, that you will be incredibly successful. So the addiction, it's a positive addiction if it's being a workaholic. Now, I can give lots of examples of why it isn't so good, but compare that, for example, to the same dopamine hit that somebody gets who's uh, going to go to the casino and plays blackjack and has a a number of fast wins and all of a sudden that dopamine is just peaking in their brain and they want to keep going and keep going. And you know what they do? They chase after they start losing because they remember how great it felt to win. And it even feels good to lose because the same uh, play the card, play the card, play the card, play the card. That's an addiction in and of itself. Winning is great. But people who lose keep going anyway, and they lose their sense of intelligence because their reptile brain takes over and wants to keep feeling good like it did when they won. 
So that's what happens with, and it happens with drug addiction. It happens with nicotine addiction. It happens with sex addiction, food addiction, gambling addiction. And so I think we are wired to be creatures of habit and we're wired to feel really good when something good happens and try to repeat it. Like in the caveman days, if somebody was hungry, they went hunting. You know, they killed an animal, they chopped it up and they ate it. Now that's like, that drives them. Next time when they're hungry, they, they know they're motivated by their chemicals to go get another animal and win again and bring it home and make the wife smile. And it leads to sex and it leads to the kids laughing. And it, it's the same pattern today, it's, except we're thousands of years later and it's the same thing. So I see this as being a mental health question. So how does someone become successful? The answer is self-awareness of what's driving us. Mm. If you can be self-aware of what's driving you and you can control it, animals can't control anything that they think about because they don't have the intelligence that we have to actually plan and think and execute. It's all instinct. And, and the really unsuccessful people in our business, you know, when you and I both lost a, a ton of money, <laughs> we did because we, because we were looking for that next dopamine hit. Oh yeah. And our emotions took over and our intellect got lost and we kept gambling and we kept going when we should have been thinking about, well, what's the smartest way to do this? Not what's the one that makes me feel the best the next time. One of the worst things that happened to me, Joel, was my very first business was a massive success, right? That was the worst thing. And then I had 10 failures in a row after it, back to back, because yeah. I was chasing just like playing blackjack, next hand, next hand, and I'm losing every business, right? So 10 in a row, making poor, unwise decisions, chasing the next high, chasing the hunt, but not making really good decisions. Like why, what, what if I shifted? Like what's a better way to do this, right? Looking at the data, I hated data. <laughs> it was all about feelings and emotions, right? Exactly. And it's like now I'm in this place where I get to you know, work with men that succeed in, in one area of their life and then they fail miserably in the other areas that matter, the deathbed regret areas, right? And help them clean that up. And man, that gives me a very holistic uh, viewpoint, vantage point of, of what success really is. And it's not just the money. It rarely is the money. It rarely is. It rarely is. And I'll, t I'll tell you a, a quick story. Um, one of my closest friends uh, is a Gamblers Anonymous 12-step uh, program in a, in a recovery program. Gamblers Anonymous is like AA mm -hmm. or uh, NA, which is, you know, people have a drug addiction and people actually have sex addictions. This guy had a successful business and he went to the casino and he made his first bet for a very small amount of money and he made $10,000 just like that. He then proceeded to lose everything in his bank account, put a mortgage on his house, lied to his wife. By the way, people who are addicted, generally speaking, are really major liars. Mm. It's it's a it's just it's part of the syndrome. 
Well, yeah, because so, they have to cover up all the bad decisions they're making that's caused by the addiction. Right. They know that they, yeah. they're, they're full of shame. Mm-hmm. And people try to hide shame. So people that are full of shame translates to people that are full of shh, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, shame. Shame is a really terrible thing for mental health. Yeah, for sure. And that and the twelve step program people work very hard on identifying when they are acting in, in the role of a victim. And they, t- they are very actively trying to lose their, their level of grievance. And they're trying to become better people. It's just like religion. It, it, in fact, it's, it's a spiritual program that's yeah. really based on religion. Very, very true. All right, Joel, I think we did a pretty good job of like, you know, getting very clear on, on uh, the main problem in entrepreneurship and, you know, trying to chase success. And it, it definitely is a mental health uh, thing that's why I have you know part of the show is the the money game, but then also the mental game, right, of entrepreneurship and what that looks like. Um, so we've identified the problem really well. What's the solution, brother? What have you learned? What have you seen? Like to be truly successful, we got to make money. We got to provide. We want to win in business. How do we do it in a way where we don't burn our life to the ground? I think it's three things. Number one, you have to have a really great mentor who's mentally stable, who's extremely successful in business, who has a lot of money and understands what he did to get it and what he's doing to, doing to keep it. So that mentorship is number one, because if you don't have a vision, you can't be successful. And the way to have a vision is to see someone else who's done it and have them explain their vision and how that might uh, form your vision. And that's what I did. I had a mentor in 1981. I went to work for a family business. It wasn't my family. And I had a mentor named Steve Podolsky and his father, Milt. And Steve was the brilliant detail guy. And his father was the brilliant sales guy. And the two of them were two different sides of, of how businesses need to be successful. If you're one person and you're just a salesman, you're going to fail at some point because sales is dopamine hit after dopamine hit and eventually without thinking mistakes are made and that's how you lose a fortune mm-hmm. and so steve podowski was very good at keeping his family's money and his dad was very good at going out and making more of it yes so that mentorship is number one and i'm not saying have one mentor i'm saying have multiple mentors over a lifetime everyone should have i have a mentor right now besides steve podowski who 40 years later in his 70s is still a mentor to me. Uh, But I have another one who's 96 years old. His name is Nate Wagner. And he's made $100 million by being incredibly smart. His intellect is very high. And he was one of those guys who was a shy kid who struggled and then found success by being able to build relationships with people that trusted him and kept giving him more and more responsibility and more pathways to making a fortune. So mentorship is number one. Number two is self-awareness. Self-awareness, I think, is, is the most difficult element of life because most people are ego-driven as opposed to 
psychology driven where they understand what their shortcomings are and admit them. And so it's vulnerability. If you, if you can admit vulnerability, which is self-awareness to be able to see it, then you know how to be careful and not make stupid mistakes. When I buy a property, I have to do incredible due diligence. And I know I'm vulnerable that if I don't do due diligence properly, that something terrible is going to happen because I'm going to miss something major that's going to come back and make the deal bad. And then I'm going to lose money and my investors who trust me are going to lose money. So I have to admit how vulnerable I am. And that's just a self-awareness thing. That self-awareness, does that come from mentorship? Because we, we lack objectivity. When we look in the mirror, we don't see what the rest of the world sees. It does come from mentorship, but it also comes from, I think, hitting bottom. I think <laughs> most people who are really, really successful have hit bottom and have learned what it what they did to hit the bottom and what they have to do to avoid it in the future. Mm. Startup Nation, I think not only do you have to hit the bottom once, some of us more than once, but you have to hate the bottom. Some of you learn to love the bottom and you stay at the bottom. It's like you lick, you like licking the bottom. And that's a problem, right? That's, that's victimhood right there. That is. So you gotta, you gotta always be like one thing I always prided myself in, and this was a natural gift. I didn't create it. I didn't put it in me. It was given by my creator. And that's, I always got back up. No matter how many times I would fall, I would always get back up. Now I wasn't wise about how many times I was falling, <laughs> right? But I always just had that drive in me to get back up, get back up, keep fighting, get back up. And then I run into the next wall, running to the next wall, right? I wasn't smart about it rather than finding good mentors. And I did that later, you know, in life. And now my self-awareness is a hyper-awareness of my tendencies and vulnerabilities, like Joel is saying. And you have to find that for yourself as you're listening to the show. And if you're not clear on where you're vulnerable or you just won't admit you are vulnerable in any area, that's... That's a major, major problem for you that's holding you back from getting true success. Because to Joel's point, like anyone who's truly successful over time, they, be, they do develop this self-awareness. Like I know, like I was always like Milt, your mentor Milt, where I could sell, I could sell. But man, doing, running the business and, and keeping the business, like weak area, right? So I, I had to partner with guys that were good at that. But I also, to this day, know that because I'm so good at selling, per se, connecting with people in that way, I'm also very vulnerable to being sold. Oh, yes. I buy a lot of programs that I probably shouldn't buy and invest in coaches I probably shouldn't. And, and I know it. if I jump on this sales conversation, they're probably going to close me. <laughs> and <laughs> me I don't too. need this product. I don't need me this too. product. <laughs> me too. I just, I, I, I had a uh, landscape uh, company. One of the, I live in the suburbs of Chicago and I wanted to do some landscaping. My wife wanted to do some landscaping and the guy came out and was just the greatest salesman. And I just bought a hook, line and sinker. And I spent six figures landscaping 
my house this year. And I can't figure out how on earth I did that. And the answer is I was, could... easily, I was easily sold by this high-end landscaper. He did, he did lighting. He did a sprinkler mm -hmm. system. He put in hundreds and hundreds of plants. I'll tell you how you did it, Joel. You forgot to consult with your wife. <laughs> oh, I did consult with her. And she said yes? She wanted lots of color in the yard, so she was in. Nice. So, but I want, but I want to get to the third thing. Yeah. Which is um, a combination of having a vision and having a plan. And the reason that you have been successful, and and in podcasts, you your vision was I'm going to do two podcasts a week or whatever your number is for for the the uh, one that you do, the other one, and this one. And you have a vision and you have a reason as to why you're doing it. And you have a plan and you're sticking to the plan. And what most people forget to do is they forget to plan. What, what, what I see inexperienced business people doing is being impulsive. Impulsivity is the enemy of success. It's, it's, it, it works if you're great at selling because impulsively you go out and you build relationships and sell, 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 sell. But eventually, like we talked about, there will be a failure because impulsivity is not a plan. So having a vision and coming up with a plan and sticking with that plan, like a one-year plan, a three-year plan, a five-year plan, a 10-year plan, every time I've done a series of plans like that, I've actually met the, the uh, goalposts of what I was setting to do. Because when you have the plan, it's almost like, you know what it's like? You take a book and you, you look at the book and you say, if the, if the author knew what the very last three pages were about, he could write the book toward those last three pages or a TV show or a movie. If you know what the end is, you can have so much fun coming up with the first 250 pages to get you to the last three because the outcome is what you're aiming at and how you get there becomes the journey. And that journey is a, is a passion mm. because you know what you want the outcome to be and you just have to figure out how to get there. And so that third thing comes from seeing how your mentors did it and having them explain to you where they ended up and how they got there and learning from their story. So I just believe that this this whole uh, mental health thing, if you're mentally healthy and you're really good at, at understanding your inside, you know where you want to end up and you're healthy enough to figure out how to get there without being impulsive. Because every impulsive decision is on the wrong road. It's, it's the road to hell. All right, Startup Nation, I bet you didn't know you were signing up for this type of episode, right? We were impulsive in how we had this conversation. Yet, I have a plan. Trust me, I have a plan. But Joel brought up three great points here, okay? So if you wanna be successful in business and in life, one, mentorship. Go find other people that are where you want to go or end up or are who you want to end up being, okay? Everyone else, don't listen to them. It's all shiny objects. 
Find those one, two, or three people, those mentors. Number two, become self-aware. Get vulnerable. Admit where you're strong. Admit where you're weak. Go to work on those areas. Number three, have a vision and plan. Have a vision and plan. This is crucial. If you don't have a destination and you get in the car with a tank of gas, you're not going to get there if you don't mark out the destination and how much fuel is needed. You're just not. All right, so that, those are your three steps. We're speaking with Joel Friedman. I like you, Joel. You're cool, man. You're kind of like me. I'm probably, you know, I like myself now. I didn't before, but now I do. You like yourself. We like who we see when we look in the mirror, and that matters. That matters. So, Joel, uh, welcome to the Hustle Round. This is the part of the show where I'm going to ask you 10 quick-fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready? You got it. All right, bro. What's your favorite thing about you know, owning your own business and having all this responsibility on your back, bro? I love uh, being busy. When I'm busy, I don't have time to uh, be in the devil's workshop, which is, you know, how's that saying go? Idle mind is the devil's workshop. Exactly. I don't like the devil's workshop. Man, you got it, bro. What's your least favorite thing about running your own business? Uh, the back office. I just, I, I'm in the sales end. I love the people side. I do not like the detail side. I don't like the accounting side. Yeah. I have people who do that and it, I, I just... I don't even like going into their offices. No, I get it. Listen, Startup Nation, you're either like drawn to the people side of running a business or you're drawn to the process and project side of running a business. All three are necessary. All three are necessary. Okay. So if whichever one you are strong in, hire or partner with people in the other. You need them both. All right. Uh, I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of the human condition. What are you currently challenged with right now, uh, either professionally or personally? Uh, I believe that making good decisions is the hardest thing in the world. And I struggle with making the best decisions possible and not being impulsive like we talked about earlier. Impulsivity is, is really uh, bad in terms of outcomes. It's good if you get lucky, but it's like that guy who went to the casino and impulsively made a bet and got $10,000 and then did everything wrong impulsively for many years and lost his marriage and lost his family and lost his house. You know, it's funny. A lot of the guys I get to work with, right? They're impulsive in the decision-making that destroys their life. And then they procrastinate in the decision-making that will correct their life. Or like, like when it's from the heart, like, oh, go apologize to that person and save that relationship. Oh, oh, they got to go first. I don't know. That could get worse. Right. And they procrastinate on doing the right things. But man, they just run right into doing the wrong things, don't they? They do. This is so interesting. What are you most afraid of? Death. Got it. Any idea why? Real quick. I don't know what's going to happen after. So fear of the there's unknown. a lot of religious answers, but if you've got five major religious positions on death and they're all different, which one's right? <laughs> the one in the middle, just like anything <laughs> in life. <laughs> <laughs> what did you spend way too much time doing your first year in this business? Uh, being ego driven. My ego drove me. Yeah, same here, man. What secret fear do you have about people? Trust. I, I 
fear that some people seem trustworthy who may not be. And it's impossible to tell from the facade. You don't know until somebody is really tested. Yeah, betrayal has been like uh, the thing that has haunted me in relationships my whole life. The people I did trust and then betrayed. I'm kind of like numb to betrayal betrayal now, so it doesn't trigger me as much. So that's cool. That's positive. Uh, What do you wish you had learned sooner in business? This whole vulnerability thing. Yeah. You know, I was was such, such a hot player that like, oh, yeah really great at this and i i wish that humility and vulnerability had been something that i understood better early on what's a new habit you're going to create this year well this year i'm trying to buy 40 million dollars worth of industrial real estate in the chicago area so it's really doing something every day to find a building to find multiple buildings that we might be interested in buying and it's making a phone call or sending an email. Got to do something every day toward that goal. Okay. So high value tasks every day, right? Moving, moving yeah. the needle. Uh, what is a bad habit you're going to break, bro? Mm. <laughs> I would like to stop looking at the internet as much as I do. I, I check the stock market multiple times a day Mm -mm. Uh, i I look at my phone to see what came in that might be like a dopamine hit multiple times a day it's this whole internet sort of addiction thing i just i wish i could just you know my wife and i go out to dinner sometimes and i leave this at home and people can't believe i don't have my phone with me like what what so i think eventually they're going to figure out how to how to surgically connect your phone to your wrist so that you don't have to worry about taking it. I just want to get disconnected from the damn thing sometimes. You know, they got all these groups, AA and all of them. It's like the next one I predict will be Scrollers Anonymous. I believe that. Scrollers Anonymous. There's a lot of room for that. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Pick three words to describe who you are now. Okay. I'm tolerant. I'm a forgiver and I'm careful. Got it. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in this business. Intolerant, egomaniac, impulsive. Yeah. Last question. If you could come back to life after you died, right? What you fear most. Look your family and friends in the eye, your wife, your kids. And give them only one piece of advice about true success in life, business. What would you say to them? Use good judgment. Figure out what good judgment means and use it. Because most people don't have it. And I think people who have good judgment can really avoid shame. And can really avoid making horrible mistakes. Yes. Awesome advice. Startup Nation, if you realize you don't have good judgment like I didn't, uh, put yourself around people who do and give them the permission to call you out when you're making poor judgment. (laughs) You can win either way. All right. Uh, What's a homework assignment you want to give to Startup Nation? One action they got to take this week in order to, let's just say, improve their uh, mental health and position themselves for success. 
a full page five-year plan personal business spiritual and you got to do it on one page startup nation not a book one page if it doesn't fit on one page you're just not clear on what you really want true or true we all know this all right startup nation if you enjoyed this show go to apple Podcasts. Write a review for our buddy Joel. I think he showed up pretty powerfully. And he wasn't, you know, just a typical boring guest who was here to get something. I'm not saying that about my guest. I'm saying that about <laughs> guests on other, other people's, people's shows. Other people's guests. Yeah. Other people's guests. But you know what? He showed up and he served, didn't he? He really served. So if you really resonate with that, like, use your big thumbs right now. Go ahead and write a review. Make it about Joel. Not so much the show or me, okay? Make it about Joel. Um, I just want to say thank you, Joel, for being here. And uh, what's the best way for Startup Nation to get in touch with you, find out about your business, what you're, you're connected in, and opportunities? What do you got? Sure. We have a website. It's Brit, B-R-I-T with one T, BritProperties.com. BritProperties.com. If you feel so inclined, go check him out. Joel, thank you for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Thank you. Same to you. Cheers. Are you a dad over 40? Are you overeating, overdrinking, or failing your family? Brother, if you're overweight, watching porn, or drinking more than once a week, then listen up. If you're struggling in your marriage or finances, you've lost your power as a man. What's even worse is that other men can smell weakness on you. When a man lacks confidence, he stinks of weakness. People could smell it on him a mile away. People and opportunities will avoid him because he's carrying a deadly disease called powerlessness. Remember back when you used to feel invincible, you were in your power, when you were unstoppable, back when you were the man? But how do you feel now, brother? Are you tired all the time, unmotivated, stressed, worried about the future? So what the heck changed? What happened to you? I'll tell you, you became undisciplined. You've been slipping for years, haven't you? You eat like crap, you half-ass your workouts, your health is slipping, your finances are slipping, your marriage is slipping, your parenting is slipping, your confidence is slipping. A pile of slips leads men to a big fall. How do I know? Because I'm you, brother. You are me, I am you. Brother, you're out of power. I'm in my power. Let me help you get your power back. Apply for our shredded father's brotherhood where husbands, dads, and businessmen over age 40 are getting shredded and staying ripped for life. Go to shreddedfathers.com. Limited spots are available. Brother, your wife and kids are waiting for you to step up and lead them. Brother, wake up. Move.